Everybody wants to make more. That's our that's our timeline. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> how do I take this information and how can I use bare metrics as a tool to hit our revenue goals? That's really the that's really the transformation that we're we're trying to make. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Brian Sierkowski, who's based in San Antonio, Texas. He's the guy who runs Barometrics. Barometrics is a tool used to gain insight on the health trajectory of your SaaS business. I'm excited to learn more about it. Welcome, Brian. Good to have you on. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start off, Ryan. Can you just state what's the problem that you see in the space that uh, Barometrics is set to solve? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we focus um, pretty heavily on SaaS businesses, like you mentioned, um, and it can be really confusing to <laughs> to know what's going on, especially within a within a subscription based business. Like, are we are we growing? Are we shrinking? Are um, what's our churn rate? How can how can I have an understanding of these high level metrics of like understanding, like, where are we at, you know, from a, from a high level. Um, but then how can I, you know, subset that information so that I can actually get some sort of insight. Uh, and eventually like the thing that all, you know, C-suite teams and uh, director of RevOps and all those people, like everybody wants to make more. That's our, that's our timeline. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> how do I take this information and how can I use bare metrics as a tool to hit our revenue goals. That's really the that's really the transformation that we're we're trying to make. Everyone loves to hit goals, keep making more money, growing. So I'd love to hear though the story. We'll come back to the tech and the and, and the solution, how you guys are are making that happen. But let's let's hear the story. It's because you've been uh, operating Biometrics for for the last year or so, but it started yeah. nine years ago. Is that right? Yeah, we just had our eight year uh, birthday yesterday, which I saw it's or it was on, I think it was on Crunchface or something like that. So I don't I don't know if that's actually the right one, but we, you know, we celebrated. The celebrate. <laughs> yeah, we, we celebrated it just the same. Yeah. And what was kind of the, 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 the origin story? How did that begin? And, and um, what, what is it already set out to solve this problem or did from your, your knowledge of this, the history of the company? Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool because I've only been at the company for a year now, I kind of have seen this space um, as an operator. So I started my own business, losing track of time, nine, 10 years ago. Uh, I built a, a password manager, um, entirely SaaS-based, um, which was like, I, I guess it was relatively novel. Uh, Team password, 10 years right? Ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I was the guy who was trying to run a business with, I mean, with effectively no skills, <laughs> just to be, to be totally uh, frank, like I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never done it before. And in fact, I, I really was in sort of a spot where I'd never even quite seen it other than sort of the, the news stories of like this company grows and sells and does whatever. Like I, I hadn't really had firsthand experience of taking a product from $0 to a million dollars. Um, so, you know, I was around doing this SaaS thing at the same time that Barometrics was sort of coming to be. Uh, and I think kind of everybody sort of was, not everybody, I say pretty small set of people, but everybody in this space was sort of looking around that time and saying like um, uh, tools like Stripe were, were becoming popular um, and uh, people realized that it actually was like not that much work. Although, you know, it does, it does take a little bit of work to get Stripe set up. Uh, and we certainly see customers with, we say like Stripe's not set up correctly. Um, 
but way easier than it was before, right? Like, you know, uh, the off.net days were kind of like a, a little bit more challenging to start setting up customers and start getting subscriptions going and, and those sorts of things. So um, we sort of, you there was like a- pain. You knew that when you were setting up uh, a team password. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we, um, we started uh, team password had that we started our Stripe account, I think in like 2013 or something like that. So we were like pretty early with Stripe. Um, but it was kind of like, again, maybe it goes back to like, I just didn't have the knowledge to know that I shouldn't trust a, you know, payment provider that's only been around for a year or two. But I was like, yeah, no, this looks great. And it's like, it's very easy. And that's kind of where I needed it to be. And it also was like relatively full feature compared to like, you know, some of these other tools that are just legitimately just the gateway. Um, having something that can understand the concept of customers and sort of that was all code that we didn't have to write. So that was really great. Let's take, I'm just take a second though, because uh, I'd love to hear a bit more of your story. So this is, this is 2012 um, mm-hmm. that you found uh, team password before mm-hmm. that, were you are already like interested in SAS? Like have you been always looking at it? Yeah, that's a great question. I, prior to that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what I was interested in. So I sort of started my, I don't know how far to go back. I'll start like professional career. Like I started my professional career kind of in like the IT space. I was like a, um, I worked at this company that sold these like uh, audio recording servers. So like when you call a- uh, The uh, LAN connection, is that it? Yeah. Uh, no, no, this was for, no. yeah, it's company called McEnroe. So, um, uh. but yeah, it's like um, when- you call in somebody and like your call may be recorded for quality assurance. Like that was the system. So it was like, I, I spent a lot of time just like doing like server stuff and like mm. network stuff. And um, I, I did that for a while before I realized that I'm like, oh, I don't, not that I didn't like it, but I mean, it's a lot like, um, you know, I think there's some, some phrase about like a classical composer, Paganini or something like that of like, you know, it's like mostly boredom with like moments of sheer terror kind of like, I feel like that's kind of like being like a server admin. It's just like, it's mostly doing nothing. Um, but then like stuff goes down uh, in the middle of the night and I'm like needing to drive eight, eight hours to get to some server to figure out what's going on and replace a hard drive or whatever it is that I'm doing. So, um, and these were all like physically located. It's like, this is like kind of during cloud becoming a thing. Um, so anyway, that, that was uh, a long way of saying like, yeah, that wasn't quite for me, although interesting. And so I was like, I think that's when I started to become slightly interested in the concept of entrepreneurship. Uh, and my angle into that was through uh, kind of like product management, because I didn't really have any other, didn't have any other skills, kind of a theme for me of like, well, yeah, like I kind of have opinions about the way that uh, products should be built and, and how they should work. Um, and uh I know just enough about the tech side to like sort of have an understanding of what's going on there and have kind of just enough like kind of sales and like interacting with customers experience. So it, it felt like a good spot to be in. Um, so I joined a company called, it wasn't called this at the time, but they became known as Order Up. Um, and I was like one of the, like say, I think I was the first person hired on what became their new tech team. So I actually had some friends that I recruited in with me and we became like the initial tech team there. And, uh, I always kind of joke that it was like the perfect spot for me because they were figuring everything out and like I needed to figure everything out too. So it was like kind of like a good- Learning on the job. Co- yeah, exactly. It was like a co-evolution of like, all right, everybody's like, everybody's figuring it out. So it wasn't, uh, I didn't 
I didn't feel particularly like an anchor there due to my lack of uh, experience because like everybody was figuring it out. So in some ways it was very freeing to be able to have an opportunity to, all right, well, let's try something and like almost inadvertently falling into that process of like, all right, we'll try something, measure it, see what happens, take the data that you get and try it again. Because it was like, it was a necessity because like I didn't know what to do and we didn't have any sort of guidance into what the direct, right direction was going to be. So um, you know, that was kind of the case for everything. And then smart logic was the next one that yeah yeah so I basically took the same kind of skill set of like this product management mindset and I brought that to smart Lo- smart logic is um, is actually a, still a fantastic development firm um, they do custom app development I don't know kind of what their specialties are these days I know it was like heavily uh, Ruby on Rails and Android and iOS development. Um, and I would be kind of we would have people that would come to us as like a custom app developer, you know, we can build anything, um, mm-hmm. literally anything in the world. Uh, so we would have people come to us and be like, I want to build a web app, or I want to build an app. Uh, I want to build an iPhone app. And so I was the person to be like, well, what do you want your app to do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, and sometimes people come and they would have like a very specific idea and they had a budget like, yeah, we want to spend, you know, $750,000 on development over the course of two years to build out these feature sets and these are our customers. And this is a, this is an add on to our current business. And obviously like we loved those customers and we could provide very, just very clear estimates and walk them through the process of doing that. But um, other times people would be like, well, I want to build an app to uh, whatever. I'm just going to like look outside. So I don't like you just say, say anybody's business idea. I want to build an app to get somebody to come and like paint your fence. Um, I was like, okay, uh, cool. So how do you, how do you imagine that work? And like, and the more questions I'd ask, it would be more and more clear that like, they had only thought through like the first, like the first, like, you know, two minutes of the pitch. And then I would start asking questions like, you know, the obvious ones, like, well, how are you planning on making money? And then they'd be like, oh yeah, great point. Good, good idea. I forgot about that part. So, you know, everybody came in all over the place. And my job was kind of with this product management skill set to kind of bring them to, a fully formed idea in whatever state that I could get it to that we could actually like put an estimate around, be like, you know, and frequently, not, maybe not frequently, but um, maybe frustratingly, a lot of times it'd be like, okay, well, we've taken everything that we want you want to do and we've wireframed it out. And we have some mocks and like, this is how we think it could work. And this is like, you know, a $3 million project. <laughs> and like, okay, cool. Well, what can I do for 10 K? And it's like, ugh, like we can get to, I think like the loading screen for 10K or no, whatever, whatever the case is. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of like a practical application of those, not that it wasn't a practical application before, but it was sort of like a repeated, I got like reps in of like, you know, working with dozens and dozens of clients kind of applying that same sort of product mindset of like, you know, here's, here's how we think through it. And at the same time, I was working in a room of, you know, like incredible developers and they, their, their process, like still to this day, I use a lot of the processes that I learned there, especially like the developer hiring process is something that I've stolen whole cloth um, from them and I use it and I've had like fantastic uh, results from that. But the way that they manage projects and they they think about it, kind of the way that they iterate on the business as well, like everybody there is an engineer. So they look at the, the company as a, you know, as an application to be improved and like, constantly moved on. So yeah, it was like a really, like really helped. I mean, gets me into trouble a little bit having an understanding of the development world, but it was like kind of critical for me to start team password to sort of be in that environment and sort of understand it. 
that's kind of what I wondered. It's like your your journey from okay, you're you're driving out to to servers and helping people fix that to yeah, a yep. little bit in technology and service, but then you you, you come with order up you know, in really a SaaS world, you're figuring out being a product manager, but then with smart logic, you see how to build software all the time in many different ways. You're like, wait, yeah. I could just build my own software. I yeah. got an idea. And I'm guessing that kind of led yeah. to the, the team password. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it was somewhere um, in between the transition between those two, um, those two roles where I actually was interested in, and we actually went and did a startup weekend. And so we, um, we showed up and I actually, um, one of the engineers that I sort of convinced to come work at order up, I had convinced him to come with me to do this startup weekend. Um, and it was kind of crazy, but I had the idea. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I had the idea for like a shared password manager and I, um, like right before I was, tr- I was trying to think leading up to that event, like, what could I do? Because uh, I kind of wanted to come with an idea. Uh, I didn't want to join a team. I wanted to do a thing, uh, just maybe, uh, you know, foreshadowing. Um, so I, I actually had like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, password manager for teams. That would be, that would be really cool. And like LastPass exists, but it was like, we tried to use it and it's just like, it didn't quite work for us. I'm like, well, maybe that's something. And that was like, I, I just kind of described my entire like customer development. Like <laughs> that's like the amount of research that I did. And so I'm like, well, what could we call such a thing? Uh, and being the branding genius that I was, I'm like, well, it's Teams and it's Password. What about Team Password? That's kind of cool. And it was available. So I picked it up on GoDaddy for like, you know, at the time, like whatever, six bucks for the first year or something, you know, $5.99 first, wow. you know, first year domain. Um, so I kind of walked in that, that was on Thursday that I registered it. And I walked in on that Friday to start the, um, the start of the weekend. So it was, yeah, it was like, a, I hear a lot of my uh, colleagues buying their .com domains for, you know, maybe not like, not like huge amounts, you know, but maybe, you know, thousands or tens, low tens of thousands of dollars, which is, you know, I think perfectly reasonable for a .com uh, domain name. So I, I kind of look back sort of um, smiling at the fact that I, you know, got away for whatever. I should, I should probably try to like look up that initial, um, that confirmation, you know, the, the receipt. That would actually be something maybe cool for me to pull up of like, yeah, here's, here's how much, you know, Team password cost. This was it was the first it was the first expense. Maybe aside from you know buying the ticket to the startup weekend, and um, yeah, it was a a nice easy way to dip my toe into the water. And it, you know, and honestly, probably if it was if it was taken, team password would be called something else. Like I would have just picked a I would have just picked a domain that was available. But it was like just the first thing that I tried and it was available. I'm like, okay, cool. That's let's there, let's there grab it to make that happen. So you, you do the. Yeah. The the um, startup weekend you created. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot there. That's that's seven years you ran that before it was acquired by uh, Jungle Disk, right? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I'm sure a lot we could unpack, but I'm curious. Like, what was the 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 journey from that was to 2020? So was it really for, right from there that that you start to look at for new opportunities and you're like, hmm, what else can I do? Um, I'll go operate another business. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, kind of the, the, the flip was like kind of in that startup weekend, starting the business, it was kind of like a situation of running, running team password nights and weekends for like two years. So a part of my order up time um, and actually like almost all of this smart logic time was spent running this sort of thing on the side, you know, it's kind of started very slowly, um, but it, it built over the course of, of that timeline. Um, and so 
when I left, eventually I got to the point where Team Password had enough customers. I'm like, I think I can just do this. Like, I think this is this has enough to like pay bootstrap. me enough that I can. You bootstrap the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. We um, uh, we raised a hundred thousand from a local investor called Tedco. Um, it's based in Maryland, which is where we were, um, and they were really great. I actually pitched them during that two year period of time uh, where it was kind of like part time, and they were like, "Oh, this is a little." <laughs> It's a little early. Like I appreciated they in giving me the opportunity to pitch. Um, and then I went back and pitched again, maybe I'm just going to totally mess up the timeline, but you know, a few years into running it full time and they're like, okay, cool. This seems like baked enough that we can give it a try. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, but no, other, other than your full time thing, this seems more like a, a legit business we could invest in. Yeah. And I think they could also sort of, um, yeah, I could also sort of tell the story of like, hey, here's where we were. We had like whatever, like eight customers, and now we have like 300 or whatever. I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was a lot more. <laughs> it's like a lot. There was a lot more activity going on. There's a lot more stuff happening. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So yeah, I mean, I kind of ran that. It was like nights and weekends for a while, and then it was full time for a while. Um, and I kind of got into the sort of um, I got into the situation and kind of, again, coming back to the central theme of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I was like, okay, the business is, is growing. Um, our net revenue retention is, is great. Um, which is a metric. That's a little hint. Um, how I started to think about, yeah, a little, little, little tie in. Um, uh, but I couldn't figure out like, well, what do I need to do to grow this business more quickly? Because, it was actually really exciting when I went full time that I had all this extra time and all this extra focus to do more things. Um, but I, what I, I, what I thought was going to happen is like, okay, cool. I'm spending like 20 hours a week on this business part time. Like, well, what if I go, what if I add the rest of that 40 hours a week? Like, you know, what if it's 60 hours a week, I'm going to get three times the results that I got before. And it turned out I got more results, but I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't three times. Like, you know, you, it did, the amount of time that I spent did not scale. The results did not scale in a linear fashion from that. So, um, yeah, I was just kind of in this book. Where did you put that, that three X of time towards? Man, I did, I did like, um, I I think I tried like one of everything. So I was like trying to do like, um, partnership calls. I was trying to, uh, improve like just our internal operations and figuring out like a, how big was the team at the time when you joined full-time? Yeah. 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 I was the only, I was the only full time and I was only I was always the only like W2 employee. Um, mm. I think by the end when we sold, I think we had and kind of like my memory's failing you now, but I think we had something on the scale of like 15 to 20 contractors that were most, you know, were spread out. So we had a couple of people that were, were billing 40 hours a week. We had a couple of people that were on a project basis. Um, and we had some people that were like um, doing like content and, and that sort of stuff. So they were kind of like, you know, kind of like per unit of work measurement. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't 20 people full-time billing. Um, it was like maybe like two or three people, full-time contractors, and then a couple of project-based things. And then a couple of um, people that are sort of like um, almost random, you know, whatever we, you know, hey, however many blog posts we want or whatever the case is, so we kind of scale up and scale down. With that. You were always very smart with your cash flow. I had to be, cause we didn't, we didn't have any money. So it's like, yeah. Is, and, you know, we only had that, um, getting that 100K was, was great that we could accelerate some of our product development, but you know, that was like pretty tightly earmarked to some of those projects that we were doing. So it wasn't like, um, and we just weren't, we weren't growing fast enough. You know, the, 
the customers were smaller. So we didn't really have that mechanism of like, if we just land one big customer, then I can go and hire, you know, this person. And I didn't really understand sort of the concept of like where leverage existed within the business and where to, where to invest. And like, I just, I just saw kind of, you know, kind of, again, leading into the future of where we are now. I just kind of saw this, like, this like kind of wall in front of me. And I had some indication of like, okay, well, I know what our MRR is. And I know the rate at which we grow. And I see that all of our customers are much more likely to grow with us than they are to cancel. So if I sign a customer up um, in a year, they're going to be worth much more to us than we, than they are today. So if I can just hold it together, eventually, you know, we will be worth, you know, we'll get to the point that we want to be. Um, but kind of coming to the end of that, like five year stint of running it full time, I was sort of like, all right, I, in three years from now, this company will be of the size of the business that I'd be interested in running, you know, whatever, 40 or 50K or something like that. Um, but I don't want to wait three years to get there. So how, how to, you know, how do I in three months get to achieve this thing that I think is going to take three years? And that's where the idea is kind of clear at that point that, okay, well, I should sell it um, and I should join the team that buys it. And then I'll kind of be at the size of a business and sort of with the resources that I wanted to, wanted to have um, in a very short period of time. And that's kind of what happened. We, I decided kind of January 1st, we're going to sell it this year. We will, we will sell it. <laughs> you know, one of those uh, weird things where you make a declarative statement and it actually like comes true. And for whatever reason that actually does work when you say like, we're thinking about selling it or we might uh, didn't work quite as well as being like, yes, this is going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, by February 1st, I had been uh, all of January was like, you know, kind of calling in every favor that, I had, um, and then by Jan- or by February first, I was connected with uh, with Brett from Jungle Disk, uh, and then we were closed by March first. So we in two months, I actually exceeded my goal there. Of like we we got through it. It was lightning fast, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Brett ran M and A at Rackspace. So he's just like of everybody that I've ever met, probably like you know one of the the sharpest M and A people in the world. So he knew exactly what he was looking for. Uh, and he knew what he didn't care about. So we were just able to target in. And we had a really funny call, uh, kind of like the intro call with, I had my lawyer and he had his lawyer. And usually you would think it would be like, you know, he and I are on opposite sides. And then we have the you know lawyers in the middle and they're like, you know, hitting each other with sticks. But what actually, exactly, what actually happened is Brett and I were over here and we're saying like, this needs to close March 1st. And then the lawyers were like, I don't know, that's really fast. And we have to do all this paperwork. And Brett and I were like, we have agreed on the term sheet and we want to like, we figured it out. Like <laughs> you just you make it happen. To, you two need to figure it out. Yeah. And so it's actually kind of a, a very funny and um, you know, a very motivating thing of like, no, like we, the business owners have agreed to this and we've already signed, you know, the, the, you know, the, the term sheet and like, we've already like hit all the important stuff, like, you know, how much money and like what's going to happen afterwards and all that sort of stuff. So now we just need to go through the diligence process. Um, yeah. For someone who is maybe in a similar situation, a thought of, I want to grow it and then be able to, to sell it, to be able to work within or whatever. What is a, a takeaway, a learning that you had in that process? I think, first of all, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I sold the business. Um, I think it was, a, it was a good decision. And I think it kind of did exactly what it, what it said on the tin of like being able to sort of accelerate my, my growth and kind of 
exposing me to that world. I think it's a great experience. I think it can be, it's extremely stressful, but I mean, it's kind of fun too. I, I was telling my lawyer of like having the two lawyers on the call and going back and forth on deal terms. It's like a television show. Like, you know, you're watching like a law drama where the lawyers are going back and forth. And it was actually funny because I was like, our, my lawyer would say something. I'm like, yeah, get them. And then their lawyer would say something. I'm like, oh, I can kind of see where they're coming from. <laughs> and then like, you know, it's like, back, so I was like, kind of get to be an active, active participant. So um, yeah, I think if you, if you feel like you are in that same sort of mentality and that same sort of mindset that I was in, um, looking to sell is like not a bad idea, especially like I was five years in and I'd been, you know, you know, I, I kind of needed to have that sort of next spot. Cause I, I think like, one of the things you might expect me to say is like, well, I wish I just knew everything that I knew now. And then I wouldn't have sold it. Cause I would have just, I would have just grown it. Like I would have like going back. And it's actually funny because uh, Barometrics is owned by a private equity firm. That private equity firm also happens to own team passport. So I can actually like watch it. And I know, I know for a fact, it's like, like eight times bigger now than it was when we, when we sold it. So like, I, I know, <laughs> I know that, I know that that's possible. But, you know, I, I think it's like kind of the, um, I think it, it depends on where you are. If you've resolved that you want to sell it, then obviously move forward and sell it. If you're wondering what to do, I think that considering selling, especially if you're in a SaaS business, um, it's like the best time ever to sell a SaaS business. So, um, and like, if anybody that's listening to this, like would like some advice or some feedback of like how to value their business or even how to get started, I'm happy to have that conversation, especially since we're, uh, if you sell the type of business that we like to buy, then maybe, you know, Xenon will, will be a purchaser. So I will buy your business. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not, but I'm happy to give feedback and sort of, cause I think a lot of, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going in multiple different directions here, but one of the things that we've started doing, and I won't skip totally ahead. I'll just answer this question and then come back. Um, yeah. With bare metrics is that sometimes we get to the situation where even if we show kind of the deep metrics and we show, we get to like root causes of like, oh, the reason why your churn is so high is that after three months, companies that are on this plan churn at three times the rate. So something's going on there. Like we get, we can get you to like very discreet, hopefully actionable insights. But sometimes even when we lead somebody all the way up to that, they say, okay, well, what do I do about that? Um, and before we would say like, well, we gave you the info you, you figure it out. So we're actually, we've been beta testing this for a while, but we're actually spinning up. We're, we're kind of getting prepared to do a version two. We don't quite know how it's going to, how it's going to work out, but basically kind of doing like a, maybe it's a coaching program. Maybe it's a something, some sort of curriculum, but basically to like walk people through this process. So um, that's, that's like um, an example of like a resource that I wish I would have had at that point in time. Um, so if something like that sounds, and there are other resources like that. So I would say if you're, if you're in that spot, selling's fine. Um, there are a lot of resources. If you still want to grow it, there's still a lot of resources that you can use to understand and maybe refocus your efforts. Cause we've talked to through that program, we've talked to a lot of founders that were like, I've tried everything and nothing works. Um, so either I am broken or this business is broken or a combination of the two. And we have been able to work with them and say, like, even just like they, some of them were current Barometrics customers. We say like, well, let's look at your account together. And then, you know, in like 15 minutes, we're like, well, what about these five things? And they're like, oh, wow. And we had one customer that doubled his business in three months. Um, so he was very, very pleased with that. So that's 
sell it as option one. Uh, just grow it, like just grow it, LOL. Like, you know, that's option two. Yeah, do that, why not? Just, just, just grow it, noob. Like, yeah, it's like, a, so that's option two. And then option three, it depends on how big you are. But this is something that I also sort of recommend to businesses that are at that stage is that um, I was in the situation where we really didn't have enough money to do it. I actually probably could have made it work financially, but um, I just didn't think about it. Um, but, you know, bringing, bringing in the right team members is really important too. So I talk with, you know, kind of burnt out CEOs all the time or overworked CEOs all the time. Um, and it's just like, well, do you have that? And I'm like a huge advocate of, having that COO, that operations person. Like, do you have somebody that can actually like run the logistics of the business? And it, it almost seems like a waste because you'd almost, you'd want to spend your money on sales or I could take that salary and put that towards a marketing campaign or something that's going to directly contribute to revenue. Um, but you can't do, you can't do everything. And having, you know, having a strong, you know, I, I have somebody at Bear Metrics. Her name is Allison. I don't know if Allison's going to watch. So hi, Allison. But like having a counterpart like Allison, she's like so much more organized than I am. And she's been, she's actually been with Bear Metrics before I joined Bear Metrics. So she's really familiar with the product and the customers and she's got good product instinct. Uh, and she, just having somebody to help with doing all of the stuff just creates so much more room to think about, to, to look at your metrics and not just sort of look at, oh, well, this person says they're going to cancel, so I need to talk to them today. But what can we what can we implement? What changes can we have that are going to be impactful for the next three, six, 12 months? Like what what snowballs can we create? So I would say that's option three. If you can afford it, um, think about who that operational arm could be for you. Um, and that can really take off a lot of the um I mean, it's just like nicer. It's just more, it's just more, more fun to operate a business yeah. and, and that way of like you. Um, to even do read, even on the small stuff. And I know it seems so silly. Um, like we have, it's similar being, being owned by a private equity firm, but we have a team that does like our bookkeeping. And like, I needed to get like, what's the total sales and marketing spend by month. And they sent me over a report that had the sale, total sales spend and total marketing spend. I'm like, please have these two numbers together for me. I know, I know I sound like a baby, but it's just like those little things or somebody reached out to me like, Hey, Brian, can you uh, give me access to this tool that we're using? And I can say, go ask Allison <laughs> and Allison will take care of it. Um, and, you know, your, your time is divided in a million different ways. Um, and it's so easy, especially for me. Like I don't, sometimes I, I have the issue of like, I under delegate because I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a really hard, crappy problem to deal with. So I'll deal with it. So that the team, I know the team is so busy and I load everybody up on goals and everybody has, you know, the quarter four, our quarter four goals have three quarters worth of work to do. And I, I know that and something I'm, you know, quarter three had like 10 quarters worth of goals. So I'm actually getting better. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think just, just having those people that you can sort of work with and delegate to is really, uh, really critical. You didn't have that same uh, team environment with team password because you were more of a contractor scenario and you were trying yeah. to keep the cash <laughs> cash flow happening. Right, exactly. There, there's there's a huge growth in, in SaaS in many ways. and it, It's in some places folks are using it as a lifestyle business and right. they're not trying to necessarily grow it to scale. Others are, but having mm -hmm. the right metrics, which leads to our conversation with bare metrics of knowing sure. what should you be looking at? This, this leads us nicely into that. Though I, mean, I am curious for 
Barometrics itself. Um, the original founder of that him starting was it also scenario because they obviously got acquired by by Xenon. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, I wasn't there for the journey, but like I was saying, like I've seen it from the outside, and um, yeah. I kind of. Uh, I, I, div- I was going down this track, but I diverted. I think I wanted to talk about myself more. Um, we, um, w- you know, when, when, when Stripe was happening, it became very easy to kind of add customers and create, you know, it's like the, the speed to market of building something that is a SaaS tool, like went down dramatically. And, um, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty basic at the time, but even kind of their, their first version of like, you know, they, they, they pick the right goal. Like that speed to launch was really critical for Stripe. Mm-hmm. So um, as you know, the kind of like all of a sudden there are now all these customers using uh, all these companies using Stripe and are they're gaining customers. And then, you know, it's like, it's almost like the next question, right? It's like, okay, cool. Well, I have this like one click, basically not exactly, but you know, I, pretty close to it. One click way to like create customers and charge them and put them on subscriptions and, and upgrade them and downgrade them and cancel it. Like all that stuff's being handled for me. Like, well, what, how do I make sense of that now? And like, how do I, you know, what's the one click version of getting insight into that? And um, so I, I know I, you know, I can click around and Stripe. I can see how many customers I have. And if you only have one plan, you could just do like number of active customers times how much your plan is. And you could, but as, you know, as things get more complex, you, everybody kind of pretty quickly realized that we need that operational guidance. And now that it's being built in this system that makes sense, um, you know, you have customers and you have invoices and you have, we have the structure. I think that uh, that's what Josh solved. Like, oh, well, we can just, I see that, you know, all of my friends are, Josh has been a maker forever. As far as I've, as far as I've ever heard of him, like you he think he's, he's got a spreadsheet somewhere of like uh, publicly that all the things that he started, I think it's like 50 or 60 things. So he's just a, he's just a serial maker. So I think and he has his network and he can see like, oh, well, I think it's might've been pretty obvious to him at the time of like, I see all of my friends are spending a portion of their valuable time filling out spreadsheets instead of running their business. Um, so, and they're all doing the same thing and all the spreadsheets look basically the same. So what if we get, you know, it's like the whole like magic wand thing. Like what if I could just wave a magic wand and like build it for them? And one, not only is it everything that they want, but we're actually going to we have more insight into the metrics that they want to see, and it's going to be updated automatically. Uh, and then I don't know kind of the, the order of the features getting added in. It's like, okay, well, now that you can see the total numbers, like how do we segment in? Like, it's interesting to know the overall trend, but I always look at metrics like a fire hose. It's just like, you can, we have 26 different metrics. We have, you know, dozens or hundreds of like enriching data points. So you can probably think, I'm not a math major, but I think there's probably millions of permutations of the data that you can get out of parametrics. So the question is like, well, how do we get to those right ones? Um, mm-hmm. And then he even went on to say like, what else, what, what other issues do these types of companies have? It's like, well, failed cards, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we built a product for that. Um, and then um, cancellations, why are people canceling? What's going on? Um, what are the trends here and how can we attribute? I think the important thing that, again, I wasn't there, but I don't know if it's a, if it was an accident or if it was super intentional, but the important thing is like, how do we attribute dollar figures to reasons why people are canceled? Because the support team is always going to have to come to some monthly meeting or weekly meeting and say like, here's, here's why people canceled and here's why. And then the CEO is going to go like, well, do we need to invest in new features or do we need to fix bugs? Like that's kind of like, 
very common conversation. And then you can see that like, oh, well, you know, we lost 20 customers, 10 of them went to a competitor. Uh, and then uh, 10 of them uh, just said like, it just wasn't working right or didn't meet their expectations, whatever, you know, there was a book. Um, and then it's like, they can say, yeah, it's, you know, evenly split, but the people who went to competitors actually paid us twice as much. You know, we lost $5,000 in MRR to that. So I think that we, the people who are complaining about the bugs are very loud, but the big expense and the big opportunity to the business is fixing, they're going to this competitor for this other feature. I think we should focus on new features instead of focusing on bugs or whatever. It might be the opposite thing, but the, the right. whole point is just to- um, Have that insight yeah. to know what and, decisions to make. <laughs> exactly. And almost like joining it. It's just like, uh, it's very easy to create a form when people are going to cancel and they can fill out a form and that lives in, type form or whatever survey tool. Uh, and then you have your Stripe data that lives over here. And then you can kind of, maybe you have some events in your database that lives over here. Um, it's almost like half of the magic is just having all that stuff happen in the same spot. So all of their, all of their um, subscription actions are happening. Their cancellation reason exists in the same spot. Everything that, all the activities that we, we know about them live in one place so that when you look, you can actually look all the way out at like, show me everybody who canceled for this reason. But then you can go all the way down to the individual and it's like different. It's like, are these people canceling? Have they been with us for five years or have they been with us for five days? Like these are two, this is the type of information you need to make good decisions that are going to improve your business and have you make more money. Um, not just sort of knowing at a high level, sort of like what, you know, people are, people are canceled. It's like, great. Mm -hmm. I knew that. <laughs> tell me, tell me something. I tell me something that I didn't know. Yeah. Yes. So it, it's not just getting data from Stripe and showing it in a pretty way. It's of getting data from multiple sources so you can make correlated uh, insights of knowing, okay, for this reason or this reason, you're able to bring all that together and then make better decisions based off of that yep. data. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, talk to, we talk to companies all the time that are coming in. And I think a part of like the coaching that we do on the bare metric side is to work with them. Because I think like it's kind of like commonly the case with when you're in SaaS that people come to you with like root causes. Um, they'll come to it. They'll come to you and be like, Hey, like they'll come to us at bare metrics and be like, Hey, I hate updating the spreadsheet every month or, uh, or I'd like, I wish I could update this spreadsheet more frequently, but it's just such a pain in the butt. Like I just need, like, I just need a better, I just need a better spreadsheet. Like that's all I need. And like, it's kind of our job at bare metrics to walk them through that process. Like, well, why do you want to update the spreadsheet? You know, kind of doing the annoying five wise thing. Um, and I'm terrible at this because as you can tell, like I love to talk. So uh, the people that we have that will help you get onboarded into bare metrics will actually listen to you and won't be like, well, one time I did this, but you know, so we're, we need to like listen to them and, and say like, well, you know, I'm updating the spreadsheet because um, uh, we feel like there's an issue around churn. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you think the, what do you think the issue around churn is? Like, well, we think it's, we think it's going up, but we're actually not quite sure because, you know, we're measuring it, you know, two different teams are measuring churn in a different way. Um, so we, we actually can't quite come to a consensus. So if there's a problem, then we need to do something about it. And if there's not, then we should focus our efforts. There's always something to do. Uh, it's like, okay, well, so it sounds like maybe you have a churn problem. It's like, well, what would that, the effect of that be? And they, they're like, well, you know, we need to spend our time wisely and, you know, everything's going to come back to like, well, we're not going to be able to hit our, if our churn problem exists and we're not going to be able to hit our yearly growth goal. And then we can say, okay, cool. That's where we're going to focus in on. So this is the this is the tool that we're going to use that's going to help you hit your help you hit your growth goal. And that's like the right alignment. And that's the right mentality to think about using bare metrics through. 
is that this is going to get you to that. Because if you want a better, I mean, you could pay somebody to update a spreadsheet, but there's, you're just going to miss so much of the point and you're going to miss so much, you know, it's in the same way of like, we are like your mini, let us be your mini COO or let, let us be your, your like data and like hire us as an employee to do this work for you. Uh, and use, use our, like we've seen hundreds of companies, Xenon, the private equity firm, we've bought like 50 companies now or something like that. So like we, we see this stuff and we have the domain expertise and I find that it doesn't take very long to show somebody, like once you start walking them down and going through that process, that people just start doing it because it makes intuitive sense. Um, and then, you know, now we can kind of take our hands off. We're always here. And in fact, we will like, if we see something that we think is, would be of a benefit to you or some way that you could make more, like we're actually going to ping you. That's a part of like the way that we've improved the team to be like proactive of like, Hey, there's like, I don't want to interrupt you, <laughs> but there's money on the floor here for you. So like, you know, we think that you should take, if you don't want to do it, or if there's a reason why this isn't happening, that's fine. But like, you know, do you have five minutes to jump on the phone? I want to show you just like two things that we think will like double your business or, or whatever the case is. Um, so that's kind of the whole, that's the whole goal and the whole focus of, of what we're doing. And then splintering. If somebody doesn't know what to do or they don't know how to do it. It's like, that's kind of become, you know, our focus moving forward. It's like, okay, well, if we get somebody who we can deliver, you know, what we think is the right data to, but they don't know how to take action. It's like, okay, cool. We have to be able to handle that. Let's, you know, be coaches, let's be trainers, let's figure that out, you know, in the same way that with, you know, well, half the, half the reason why your revenue is leaving is failed cards. Well, why don't we just, why don't we just do that for you? We have a customer who signed up for, we do a, a two week trial on that. And I, I frequent numbers. I think the number was like, they recovered like $20,000 in MRR in the first, in their trial. And so like we went, you know, followed back up with them like, Hey, do you think you, you think you're going to sign up? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> Like, is it less than, you know, is it whatever, you know, what's 20,000 in monthly recurring revenue over the year? It's like, whatever, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like, it's, is the cost of this less than $600,000 a month? Like, yeah, it is. So like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll sign up. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how we're trying to splinter out. And we're kind of like, we want to continue. That's, that's our focus. And that's why mm -hmm. our, our catchphrase is make more, like whatever it takes to take people down that road, then that's how we're going to continue to grow and expand what we do. Um, to get everybody, get everybody making more, and um, and don't be like, don't be like me with Team Password. Like we want to <laughs> help help that help that older older version of me uh, get to where that person wanted to be. Bringing all the the lessons learned, insights you have from the past, you you understand uh, SaaS companies and their pain points and founders who are trying to to grow and and for this is it's like in, in many ways. Uh, there's so much you could continue to provide. So I'm intrigued with your, your coaching and other elements. And I think we, in our prep call, we mentioned like machine learning potential there. It's, but it's still just kind of like collecting the data and, and eventually you could even circle around to, all right, how can you provide trending analytics and, and in the future around that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love um, machine learning. And in fact, in between, um, like while I was at Jungle Disk, I like just sort of picked up self-study on machine learning. Uh, I'm just like, very interested in it and, you know, certainly, um, and totally like everybody else and totally like enraptured by, um, yeah, I'm just as susceptible of like the product with AI. Like I'm like, yeah, I'll pay more for that. Cause it's got, it's got AI. It's gotta be, it's gotta be better. Um, yeah. And I think there's, um, I suspect there's totally opportunities here, but the sort of the challenge that we see is that in, in our market, like in all markets, 
Uh, we have people, other competitors in the space that will sort of like tout AI. And I, we've done like small experiments ourselves. I haven't seen any indication that it actually works any better. Like um, for example, with um, failed payments, like th there are ways to be like, we are like hyper, hyper intelligent and super smart about how we go after customers for failed payments. Um, and that might be a whole realm that that team wants to innovate on. But I think in practice, it's like some of this stuff is just easier. It's just like, well, what if you bug the customer? And what if you make it so that they can't use the product without giving you a credit card, without them having to make code changes? And what if we make it like super simple to update their credit card information? Yeah. And like we're, we're going to try them like seven times over the course of a month. Um, that works really well. <laughs> and that works, you know, and it's not like, you know, like what time of day and what time of it, you know, we analyzed 8 million events uh, and we know that we shouldn't ask them on day two, but we should ask them on day three. And I'm like, ask them on day two and ask them on day three. Like, you know, if somebody is, is has the intent to once use your product and it's just a, a failed card, then it's just a matter of their, them being, our customers are just like us of being too busy with a million things. So just give them the opportunity. And when they do say, yes, I'm going to pull out my, my wallet and put my, put my credit card in, just make that incredibly easy. So we, we find that there's been a lot of like AI type solutions um, even in, on, like, on the insight side. Uh, and we just find that when I talk to our customers, that just leaves people, uh, it, it's either not quite there yet from a technology standpoint, or, or maybe we just haven't focused our efforts properly. Even on like insights, like we are on the side of like, we will continue hiring more and more people to sit with you and listen to what your business challenges are and where you're trying to get and walk you through that process of like, you know, let's get to the root problem and then look at your business and all the unique components of your business. Every business has like, there's, there's like a common core, but there's all these like weird things that we do and all these kind of uniqueness and, you know, weird components of our customer base that really have an impact on how much money we can make. So we want to take that all into account and not just be like, um, well, you should decrease your churn. It's like, yeah, like no kidding. In, in, what, in what way are we going to do that? How do we do that? Who are we focusing on? What are, you know, what are the techniques that we, we need to think about? What's been effective for other companies? What case studies do you have um, with our product? Where in the flow should we start uh, implementing these things? Like really thinking about these things from a, from a deeper level that, you know, yeah, I'm sure if we ran analysis against our customer base, it would be like, people should make more money and they should have lower churn. It's like, great. Thank you. Right. Thank yeah, you, Terminator. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's, yeah, being able to provide that more practical, just it, you're going the coaching route, which is interesting, a, a thing to add on. There, there's so much to definitely un, uh, to dig into of this, but it's that the question is, as a SaaS um, operator, owner, founder, are you really leveraging the data that exists and being able to get those insights? For those that want to learn more about Bear Metrics, you can go to bearmetrics.com. That's B-A-R-E metrics.com. Brian, this is this has been great. Thank you so much for for sharing your story and the, and the journey sure. that that you've been on and and the the many insights that can be uncovered in in a SaaS business if you just know how to look at the data and sure. understand it. It is it is possible to grow even if you're feeling gloomy or you're feeling depressed. Um, you know, as it's half coaching, half having the right team around you, half having the 
have having the perhaps <laughs> have having the you know the the right information in front of you to make you know you you want to put yourself in a situation where you can look at the problem and intuit oh you know this is the number in the row that is out and this is you know those are the ahas that will spur you into motion versus if you have that feeling like I'm just trying random stuff and nothing's kind of working and uh, maybe maybe I'm sharing my my trauma but you know I'm I'm fundamentally flawed as a person and I'm not fit to be a founder, like we've all been through that. So that's like kind of some of the key things that we're trying to eliminate. It is possible to grow. Uh, you can you can do it. Um, and it's it's harder than anybody will say uh, out loud and in public, but um, yeah, and we, and, and we have your back. Like we're, we're for, I, I am this person, I've been this person. Um, we are, we are for these people um, and we just want you to, we just want you to make more, so. Uh, always happy to help, even outside of being a Barometrics customer. Anybody can email me, brian at barometrics.com. Um, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. <laughs> I, I want to make not, you know, not too many, um, too many promises there, but um, I do yeah. answer everything. So always, always happy to help, even if it's just a, a shoulder to, to cry on. A positive message, encouragement right there, and someone you could reach out to for those listening. Thanks again for your time, Brian. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Uptech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.